I'm pleased to welcome today's guest, a retired Air Force Colonel and Managing Director for Victory Strategies, Tom Dorrell. Thank you so much, Tom, for joining us today. It's great to have you here, and you've got such an extensive uh, career and interesting background, so uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here, Amy. I'm excited to, to have a little chat. Thanks very much. All right. Well, your career is amazing. We can read your bio, but can you tell us a little bit um, about your your background, uh, career, military, retired as a colonel? Yeah. So, you know, born and raised in New Jersey and went to college in Ohio and did Air Force ROTC and um, knew I wanted to fly at a young age. My dad was in the Navy and then retired out of the Air Force Reserve. And what was interesting learning more about him was graduated high school in 1944 in June. We all know what happened then. And then he enlisted in September. So that kind of, when he shared that story with me and told me all that, that kind of inspired me. Um, But wanted to go in the Air Force, wanted to fly. And uh, when I got out of uh, college uh, right after Desert Storm, was lucky enough to have a pilot slot uh, and then um, went to Vance Air Force Base and flew fixed wing there. But at the time, there was um, Air Force was going through some changes and, and there wasn't enough cockpits, but there were helicopters. And I said, well, that sounds like fun. So I'll give that a try um, and had multiple assignments in helicopters, mainly doing combat search and rescue uh, and a couple of staff assignments. And I'll get back to uh, probably one of the bigger, impactful assignments at the Air Force Academy um, that really kind of. I'd say, uh, solidified my passion for developing people, leading, guiding, coaching, and mentoring the cadets. Uh, but I'll get back to that in a second. And then a um, bunch of handful of commands, uh, both in Iraq and Afghanistan at home as a squadron commander, a group commander. And my last assignment was up to Langley Air Force Base uh, in, in uh, Hampton, Virginia, working on the staff, retired out of there in 2018. It's hard to believe it's uh, it's been that long. Uh, but retired out of there. We settled down in, in Yorktown, Virginia, and um, did a couple of jobs, worked in finance, worked for a large uh, financial institution, uh, working on some of their uh, risk management and compliance issues, and, uh, and then found myself more uh, attracted to aviation. Uh, so now I'm director of safety and training for a um, or charter operation, both helicopters and fixed wing. And uh, so that's what I do full time. But what I do, you know, and I volunteer with some uh, some groups that help get young folks and uh, especially young girls and minorities into aviation. And uh, one of my old squadron commanders founded that organization. So she asked me to come on board as one of their advisors. So I help them kind of open some doors and uh, build some strategies for them. And then I work uh, or I'm on the board of directors for uh, a national association of flight instructors to help promote flight instruction, get more people in the cockpit and have uh, really a lot of youth kind of pursue their passion. And um, the other part that takes up my time is um, I'm a volunteer for that others may live foundation, which is a uh, 501c3 organization that helps um, uh, family members of fallen rescue folks who have died in combat, uh, helps them kind of meet their needs, uh, take care of their kids. So that's, uh, that's an organization I help out as well. Um, and yeah, we, we, we love living in, in Yorktown and uh, lots of history here as, as we all know. And, uh, so we're, we're, we're blessed to be part of that and be part of the community. So 
that's me in a nutshell. Well, wonderful. And you've just recently joined Victory Strategies as a managing director. And so they're very lucky to have you um, with your years of expertise and leading and coaching and mentoring. Um, you have many passions. And I love this time in people's career where they've really done the hard work. And now it's time to give back and uh, pursue some of your own passions and um, open up doors and opportunities for others, which it sounds like you found some great organizations where you can really lend um, to your expertise. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great to have that bandwidth and that time, Amy, as you had said, to kind of take what you've learned and what I've learned over 25 years of service and help those organizations both grow and expand and, and uh, increase their reach of what they're doing. Well, great. And during the Victory podcast, we like to talk about life, leadership, and the journey that led you here. And just with an epic wave of a career, catching some of those combat deployments, you know, the hard lessons, the very um, difficult periods, um, when when you're really at the touch point of life and limb, And, you know, it means that much more to you and being, you know, a great patriot, a great American. um, It it just has a whole different feeling for those of us who have, you know, risked it all, really. And, you know, you being a pilot, every time you go up in the aircraft, uh, that's a big risk, too. But share some of uh, what you learned. What do you think was the biggest takeaway from your combat deployments that you would like the next generation to know um, in in life and leadership and how fragile life is really? Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great question. And I would say, you know, we've saved lives not only in combat, which is the main focus, but sometimes when there's hurricanes or natural disasters, um, we get to, you know, we would have that opportunity. Katrina was a big opportunity for our rescue community. I was unfortunately not flying, but I was on the staff doing a little bit of assistance there. But I think for, you know, leadership and learning is, I'd say number one, life is precious. uh, And it's very, very important to make sure that you protect the ones you love. Uh, that would be the first thing. The second thing I would say is, um, you know, make sure that when you're doing something that you're trained to do it uh, and you take someone with you. Uh, but also, you know, when there's times when you have to rely on your teammates to come together, we all get to, you know, uh, understand each other in training and have that shared common bond, like in a sports team or something like that. And when that combat unit has to go, whether it's to a hurricane or a natural disaster, or sometimes over to combat locations, you really have to rely on each other. Uh, And I think that was one of the best, I'd say, reflecting back now, best moments of uh, my career is that we would, you know, two pilots and then uh, a flight engineer, a gunner, they now call them special mission aviators, but a basic combat crew of four people working together as a team and then flying in formation with another helicopter or a couple or more. Uh, and then there's support assets like A-10s, ground teams. So you get this whole team coming together. And I had an old boss uh, explain this to me. He's like, it's like an orchestra. You're playing one instrument. The ground team is another. The maintainers are another. The support folks are another. And everybody has to come together on the same sheet of music to understand what each part, what each uh, party is doing. So they are on the same page and executing in that same cadence and pacing uh, so they execute the song 
or the mission in that one. And I think that's the other thing is that you got you got to know your team, but also you've got to rely on other folks and and having that bonding time and training is going to pay off when you really have to go do it. Um, and framing that for folks that are just coming up through the ranks or starting out their career, um, it's kind of a unique opportunity. So you retired in 2018 from the military and you jumped into the private sector. Tell us about that experience because that takes a huge leap of faith. And what do you think was the biggest thing maybe you weren't prepared for? Or what did you learn the most about yourself when you jumped over to the private side and banking, yeah. no less? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you a little short journey. The reason, one of the reasons I took that job is I wanted to go out and explore and understand a whole different side of the economy and the world. And, and I got an MBA and I liked finance and stuff like that, but I really understand how it works because theory and application are a little bit different from the classroom to actually how it's done. And so I had a really great opportunity. There was a couple of folks uh, that, that really became kind of peers, but peer mentors, if you will. And they taught me a couple of things. They taught me how to listen, you know, listen more than I talk. They're like, hey, you got two ears and one mouth. You should probably, you don't know a lot about finance and risk management and compliance. And I said, fair enough, I don't. So I spent a lot of time listening and absorbing what the leaders who'd been there for 10, 15, 20 years do, not only with that company, but with different companies. And they, they became really great mentors and guides through this whole process. Uh, so that was number one. I'd say number two. Um, the way that they led through problems, whether it was problem solving or coming up with different solutions to present to the boss or whoever the decision maker was at the time, and how they evaluated choices um, of what was important uh, and what was not, uh, obviously. And, and But what I offered to them was they looked at me like, well, how do you do these life and death decisions in combat or in training? So we were able to kind of connect on that level. Granted, finances and life or death. Amy, but there were some parallels about you have to take information, distill it to intelligence, to provide it to leaders to make a choice and go forward to execute that mission. And then I'd say the last thing that it really struck me was patience. Because um, sometimes I know in the military life, we want things to happen fast. Uh, and sometimes working for a very large company that's over 150 years old, uh, it took a while to steer that ship uh, to make even the small one degree change to change that behavior so they could keep themselves out of trouble. Um, and I still talk to most of them today. Uh, they taught me a lot about all of that stuff. And we we really, it was a great time in my life. And I'm, I, I look back and I'm very thankful I had that opportunity. Yeah, that takes, uh, that, that's a big risk to jump out of your comfort zone into something completely different that you don't know uh you, you didn't grow up in right and, and so that that uh show, tells a lot about you and your willingness to just do something new and learn and uh but now you found your niche you're really kind of dialed into the your passion projects of aviation and coaching and and leading um what what, what advice would you give to other folks in your situation maybe a mid a mid-career course change or identifying your values and your priorities for really designing the life that you can live with? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. I would say, you know, what, what I like to do is I like to help people. I like to coach and guide and help folks kind of achieve what 
what they want to achieve. I, I would say for for advice for folks uh, or people who want to do that is whatever they that individual has passion um, and they constantly think about or they constantly reading books and you could look at your nightstand of what magazines and books or websites or podcasts you go to and that may define your passion. So if you can kind of dial that in, whether that's, you know, philanthropy or um, homeless people or community development or whatever that is, or leadership and guiding and coaching, find out what that is, uh, learn everything you can, uh, become a sponge in that area and network, uh, find a mentor um, to kind of help you guide through that process, because you're going to bring your certain skill sets and backgrounds and experiences and complement whatever that um, that's that section of society you want to go and help in that. Um, and we, we just covered a few of those. I would say also read um, or podcast, find a way that you like to learn about whatever that issue is, whether that's, you know, community development, nonprofit, helping veterans, um, figure out how you like to learn and become a student of that, um, of that issue and that area because it's always going to change, it's always going to evolve, and it's always going to improve. And I think whatever the person's background, everybody can offer something to whatever they're interested in. So um, that's what I would say to them. Oh, wonderful. Now, as you move forward and want to um, do more coaching and mentoring of our young generation, um, can you describe what tips? Well, what, let me ask you this. What tips would you give yourself, uh, your 25 year old self now looking back, what would you tell yourself, um, if you were 25 well, now that you've learned what you've learned through your course of your career, what's the one or two things that you would tell yourself? Yeah, I, I didn't come up with the phrase. I think it was John Maxwell, but I, I would say three things. The first one I'd say is, Spend more time on, I think this was John Maxwell, spend more time on people work and that way there's less paperwork. I think that's attributed to him. And I never really understood what that meant. I'm like, ah, what does that mean? Well, there's always paperwork, right? There's always, you know, assessments and feedbacks, which are all okay, important. But if you get to know that person or that team of people, whether it's one person or a hundred, uh, and it could be your sports team, could be could be your, um, your band or wherever, or your youth group or Civil Air Patrol, uh, get to know the people uh, and you find that you probably have more in common than you realize. Um, I would say also looking back is focus on the present. Um, we always going to look back at the past and um, and have some, you know, some pining or some regrets, but look in the present. And I think the future will take care of itself. Um, one of my old squadron commanders, you may be familiar with him. He says, you know, that there's a reason why the, uh, the windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror. Um, I think that was Joe, Joe Barnard. Uh, and I never really understood that when he was saying, I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, figuratively, I get it, but you have to look outside. But if you focus on the here and now, um, then the, then the future, uh, will eventually take care of it, take care of it yourself. And I'd say lastly is find, find a mentor. Uh, find it, find a coach who can help you, uh, whatever that process is going to be. Um, I wish I had taken some more opportunities to do that along my path. Um, cause sometimes you never know, you may find a coach or a mentor in, in a most unique or unexpected place. Um, and so learn, learn from those folks when you have those opportunities and that goes back to more people work versus less paperwork. Mm-hmm. And you also have, you have two daughters, right? So you're a girl dad. What has having two girls, 
uh, taught you about uh, about living in a house full of women? Well, you know, it was, it's funny you mention that because we, I think my oldest, Anna, post-college, she counted up the number of, of women in my orbit. So I have two sisters, uh, two daughters, a wife. My, one of my, my, my daughter has a female dog. I have five sisters-in-law. Uh, my niece lives down the street. So uh, surrounded by a lot of women. Um, I'd say women are smarter than men because they tend to think, um, I think more deeply. I would say also I'm more protective of who comes in their circles um, of, of their life. Um, I like to, you know, be serious about certain things, but not take myself too seriously. Uh, and they know that at the drop of a hat, I would do anything for them. And here's a great example. So my oldest daughter, she's post-college now, but she had a car and I said, okay, well, I'm going to teach you how to teach you how to change a tire in case, you know, you're stuck on the side of the road. So fast forward a couple years after that, she's like, Hey dad, I'm, I'm at the Walmart and there's a flat tire. I'm like, okay, there's a flat tire. I said, well, you, you're trained, you know how to do it. So I went over and, and she was with two of her friends and her friends had never seen how to change a tire. And I said, you know, sweetie, you can do this. I said, I'll be here. Make sure you, the car doesn't fall on you and all that stuff. And she did it. And, you know, just that little, uh, I'd say, exercise of confidence building. If so small as changing a tire where some folks are like, what's the big deal? It's changing a tire. To her, I saw that she was, I taught her, she remembered it and she did it. And her friends were like, that's the coolest thing ever. Um, and I think just, you know, making sure that they are set up for life uh, and they, they're on a good path. Uh, and they can find a good life with good people for a good purpose. Good, good. And has that drawn you to, you mentioned that you were doing some mentoring and opening doors for women in aviation. Yeah, yeah. So that short story, it's, a, it's an organization called the Milieu Project and started by um, uh, two women, uh, Carrie and Jen. Uh, Jen is still in the Air Force. She's a colonel. And Carrie is a retired Lieutenant Colonel. Carrie worked for me, both pilots. One's a helicopter pilot, one's a fixed wing pilot. Um, Carrie worked for me. She was one of my, my squadron commanders. And they started this organization a couple of years ago. Um, and what they do now is they help um, young girls get interested in aviation. Jen is up in the DC area and Carrie works for NASA out in, uh, out in California. And so they, they asked me to come on board. I'm one of their board advisors. So I kind of help I don't say mentor them, but help guide them and just give them some advice and help maybe open some doors through some aviation contacts that I have. And I think that's really important because there's not a lot of of young women in aviation. I think it's maybe four or 5%. My percentages might be a little bit off, but I think what they're doing is really important. Uh, So I'm just willing to help them as much as I can uh, and open doors and help them build this organization. So they're, they're putting folks, young, young girls and some other folks in camps and summer camps and getting them exposed to aviation, whether they go into flying or engineering or, you know, building the next rocket that's going to go to Mars. That's, uh, that's what they're helping do. So I'm, I'm, I'm honored that they would ask me to help them with that project. What's on the horizon for you in 2023? What kind of goals or um, opportunities do you see ahead for you? I'd say um, number one, um, Take care of my family. Make sure that they're good. 
Uh, so that's kind of personal. I'd say work out more. That's also personal, but I'd say professionally now pivot into that, um, complete, you know, my coaching, uh, assessment and certification, uh, for VS and then really just helping VS victory strategies really just, you know, accelerating leadership as we like to say, uh, and being available to be a coach and maybe a mentor to any folks that need it to help them kind of increase and grow their leadership acumen, abilities, and skills, whether that's through podcasts or coaching or writing uh, and posting on our leadership library. Uh, I'm honored to be part of uh, Victory Strategies. And I think we've got a fantastic brand and a great opportunity. And then really just having a little fun, I'd say in the mm-hmm. third third part of that. Um, and really just you know helping out wherever I can, whether that's in the community or with Victory Strategies or with, or with friends. That's And uh, you know, just that's about it. Wonderful. Well, coming out of the pandemic, you know, everyone's got some big goals and uh, kind of um, putting a lot of things on hold, personal ambitions on hold. And and now people are are setting goals and new agendas. Um, Do you recommend that for people? Do you like to, um, you know, resolutions or a list or what do you see for the new year? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a big task oriented person because you have checklists in the way that I've learned to fly. Um, the problem, I think the challenge with that is don't become beholden to, to the lists because then they tend to, then there's less spontaneous time for spontaneity, spontaneity. Um, I'd say as we come out of the pandemic, yeah, I, I think, I think folks during the pandemic have really as, reassessed and assessed where they are in life and what's important to them and what's, what's important to them going forward. Uh, but in terms of resolutions, I'm more of, ah, that's a good question. I, I would say I'm more of a, um, what do I want to accomplish? And then let, let's work backwards from the objective. Like if I want to be at, a, you know, um, finish a project car, you know, I got a classic Mustang, which I don't, but let's say I did. Um, I want to say, okay, I want to have that car driving by the 4th of July. So let's work backwards by Memorial Day. I want this by Super Bowl. I want that. That's kind of how I like to do things. Do I always do that? No, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I don't. Um, so figuring out where you want to be and then working backwards. That's one thing we did in, in my previous life because we had to plan from where the survivor was backwards. Um, and I'd say maybe not resolutions, but more just uh, resolving to, you know, to change something in your life. I know that's a little um, derivative of, of resolution. Uh, but then also taking time to self-reflect of what happened last year, what went well, what, you know, almost like a self-debrief, uh, and then figuring out what you what you can leave behind and what you have to carry forward with you. Um, so that's that's what I would say to mm-hmm. folks. <laughs> and the debrief, the the big debrief with pilots is is an essential part of um, just your overall art operations. What can you tell people about? the importance of just using that as a tool for self-reflection after an event or um, really anything. Can you, can you share and give us some glimpses into what the debrief is and how important that is? Yeah. So, you know, I, w- I graduated from the Air Force Weapons School. So the version of, of Top Gun and um, went back to as an instructor. So I'd say that was a seminal uh, moment in my life, kind of changing the way that I look at things and debrief. Uh, you know, in aviation, we always debrief something. In the Air Force, when we're at weapons school, we debrief for hours, uh, dissecting a lot of things, and that's okay. But I think for folks, when I when whether I fly or I go do something, I'll tend to 
record what I've done, whether that's, you know, on a voice memo or write it down. And then I'll try and come up with some sort of shorthand of, of things that I've lesson observed, like, oh, I knew that, but I forgot about it. Lesson learned, which is something that I didn't know that I learned. Um, and, and I recommend people do that because that way, you know, about you learn more about yourself because sometimes we are our biggest critics um, and we know our probably with a maybe besides our spouse, we, we may know our be the best people to know our strengths and weaknesses uh, and our gaps and seams and our knowledge and our skills and our abilities. But I'm a big fan of the debrief because it, we always have to be improving whatever that trade craft, right? If you're a pilot, you always have to keep going and, and more hours or more flying. Or if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to learn stuff about accounting and finance and uh, logistics supplies, or if you're uh, a lawyer or anything like that. And I think if you, I have to write things down to remember them. And that tends, that tends to imprint my memory. And then when I see that situation again, Amy, like, oh, I remember that. So I don't want to do that. Or here's what I remember from the last time. And I think lastly, with debriefs, one thing we always would ask our students in the military when we're flying and teaching them a new technique or working on an upgrade or something like that, I would say, if you were to go out and fly this event again tomorrow, what did you learn today that you can carry with you? And sometimes they read it on the whiteboard, they read it on a piece of paper or whatever. I said, okay, go home and look at that stuff. Remember that. And I've kept journals of lessons learned and stuff that I've, uh, I still do now to some extent. It's more mental. It's more um, on a recording, but I think it's, it's good for people because I'm a big fan of, you have to be a lifelong learner uh, if you want to improve. So, and that, that's how I like to learn. Let's talk about the top three tips for a successful life. You've mentioned kind of in bits, but let's um, let's get your take on what are the top three things that you really you feel that have enabled you to be successful and what advice do you give to others out there? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, the top three things are, are find a good work life balance, because if all you do is work, there's no life. And some people would say, I work to live versus living to work. So that's to, to each his own. But you've got to find, you know, if you work 60 hours a week, and, and that's great for some folks, but go find something that you can, you know, rebalance or recenter, whether that's fishing, walking, guiding, hiking, yoga, pottery making, music, it doesn't matter. Get something that's, or learning a new skill. So finding that that good balance, because at some time that work or that job is going to end, and you've got you've to realize that there's sometimes it's more to life than work. Uh, and I would say, number two, don't take yourself too seriously. Learn to laugh at yourself, um, I would say is a, is a good one. But sometimes you have to take what you're doing seriously. In the military, we had to be serious about, you know, when we were flying, certainly when I fly now, you have to be serious. But if you can learn to laugh at yourself and don't take yourself too seriously, but take the mission or the issue, whatever you're dealing with serious, I think that's helpful. Sometimes well-placed humor in a very tense situation that's tasteful, well-placed, tasteful humor, I should say, is a really good icebreaker and tension breaker because there's always going to be some sort of issue or crises um, that you're going to have to learn to lead through. Um, and uh, and then I would say last number three is kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier is develop a, a lifelong habit of learning. Um, you know, they're saying there's a lot of stuff I don't know. Um, and now with YouTube and podcasts on just about every topic, you know, if you've got a, like we were talking about traffic earlier, if you're stuck in traffic, I just pick a random podcast 
Like I was listening to one the other day about beekeeping. I don't know anything about bees. I like to have honey in my coffee. I'm like, oh, that's, I didn't know about beekeeping. And I found myself just learning about beekeeping. It tends to also use a different part of your brain that may stimulate some other thoughts and help you solve problems or help solve your team's problems when you go into the office or whatever. So those are the three things I would say. Wonderful. Oh, those are all great advice. So um, we can connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, I would love to direct people to your organizations. We'll put those in the show notes if the causes that you care about are wonderful and bring attention to those. So Tom, it's been a real pleasure talking with you today on the Victory Podcast to talk about life, leadership, and your journey. So thank you so much for joining us and um, have a wonderful 2023. Yep. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate it. Happy New Year and happy holidays to you as well. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care. You can find other episodes of the Victory Podcast on social media by connecting with us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. 